What's up? We're back. We're live. 24's podcast. A lot of things to talk about here. Free agency frenzy has officially kicked off. Kicked off today. We... Two seconds. All right, hold on. Let me um, let me charge my phone. I'm, I just got a bajillion text messages. Two seconds. All right. Sorry about that. We're back. Kind of subdued. Su- kind of a uh, subtle. Hard day today. Just a lot of, a lot of stress, and a lot of pressure to perform for me. Kind of just put on myself, really. I just opened up this sparkling ice. I don't know why I'm not going to drink it. (laughs) Oh, man, it's one of those days. I'm 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast, back on a Monday night. Hold on. Give me, like, I got to change out these candles. Hold on. Give me, like, two seconds. We're already a mess here on the podcast. Two seconds. Two seconds. More than two. Sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry about that. I think it was like Tuesday of last week. I had a huge problem where my throat got very, very irritated. Where is my lighter? Just had it and I lost it. There it is. It's just on my desk. Had a huge problem last week on Tuesday where. I uh, I just could not continue on the podcast, and that was that was because sorry I had to stick my hand in this candle jar that's just it's just too small. It's like I can't stick my hand with a flame in this jar. I apologize for the delay. But last Tuesday, I had to shut down the podcast because my throat was closing up, and I was burning this candle that I bought a couple of months ago, strawberry pound cake, and it was just. I didn't realize that it was the reason why I was getting so irritated. I think it's a combination of my allergies and the candle. And as soon as I lit it and burned it, it's so weird. It's like I only when the podcast happens, I apologize. As soon as I burned it and lit it, that's when I knew I was like, oh, this is the reason why I had to stop in like 30 or 40 minutes. Let me take a swig. Hold on. Let me get two more things. Hold on. smokes I mean what a great weekend for me absolutely fantastic weekend hopefully your weekend was as awesome as mine was and really is went to an anime convention it's so weird I thought I don't know if this is arrogance or just whatever I thought I was not going to get starstruck ever but I 
literally walked past it. And I always like cringe whenever people get starstruck and stuff like that. It's just like, come on, man, compose yourself. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, I was, I was pretty nervous. I was like, I, I was, uh, I was, I didn't go up to the voice actress, but I was, cause I was a little bit anxious and things of that nature, but I was starstruck at this fantastic voice actress that was at the anime convention this weekend that I went to. It was so awesome. Um, however, I did a little bit of backstory. I'm planning on doing kind of a remodel of the room that I podcast in and kind of making it a more a more permanent space, I guess. It's been, which is ironic because I've been podcasting for about four years. And so pretty much I just have a desk where I podcast on and then another L-shaped desk configuration that I made out of some boards and some some legs, some chair legs or table legs, excuse me, some table legs that I put my vinyl player, that I have my vinyl player on and all my records and my speakers and stuff like that. Because the best, the desk that I podcast on, you just, it, it's too small. Problem is, is that the desk that all my vinyl is on is just too small. It's also where I like write and stuff like that. Desk that I record, not record, excuse me, the desk that I have all my vinyl on that's really the more, the better desk. And the reason why I built that desk is because the desk that I record the podcast on that I spend probably the least amount of time on, it's old, it's rickety, it's made out of that crappy kind of like fake wood, you know? And so I needed a better, more permanent desk and there it is behind me. But problem overall is that it's too small. Both desks are too small. I got this board from Lowe's that's about the size of both of them put together. I'm not even kidding you about that. I'm really, really happy with it. I'm really, really satisfied with it. I did not put any uh, wood, wood, um, wood finish or polish on it yet. I may in the future, but I have to work out the actual kind of like standing of it right now. Problem is... I worked on it all yesterday. I worked on the actual tabletop yesterday. It it was great. I love it, et cetera, et cetera. Problem is, today, I go out and I buy the materials for the table legs. Now, the table legs are going to be different. They were going to be made out of plumber's pipe and flanges. Flanges being these metal circles that are grooved. So you can, like, screw in these pipes in them. But they were going to be like these huge one and a half inch thick pipes. So these were going to be huge pipes. Pause, by the way, hard pause. So they were going to be huge pipes with these metal circles that I could just essentially drill into the board and then bada bing, bada boom, there's the support. They're going to be thick. So they're going to be kind of weighty and hard to move and they're going to help stabilize the table and it's going to be great and awesome. I go to the hardware store today, okay? Pro tip, if you're a small business, don't fuck over your consumers, okay? Um, look, I, I'm not one of the people that's like small businesses the, is the backbone of America because that's kind of bullshit, to be honest with you. The majority of small businesses fail within the first three years of, of them like being incited and things of that nature. Like having a good entrepreneurial spirit is great, but also having a sound business practice and just being a good businessman and businesswoman is far superior than um, entrepreneurial ambition that is not measured with some realism and intellect and experience within the business. Case in point, my eye doctor. 
I went to my eye doctor around the same time, in fact, a couple of hours after I left this hardware store. Went to my eye doctor. She has a doctorate degree. She's fantastic from an HBCU. She's fantastic. She is featured in a bunch of my uh, in a bunch of major city articles. She has awards from uh, from the city that that she practices in because I live in the country and she lives in a major city. And she has all these awards and she posts them all over the walls and things of that nature. And she's incredibly humble. A nurse did my kind of initial examinations on my eyes. And then she did my actual prescription adjustment and things of that nature. And so I actually, because I was curious and I like to wander and I like to look around and things of that nature, I was reading these articles about her. I actually talked to her and I said, well, and I didn't realize that it was her. And I was like, do you know who this lady is? The, the person that these articles are written about? And she said, oh, that's me. And I, and I was like, oh, she's so humble. She's so nice. She's great, et cetera, et cetera, right? In one of the articles written, she has the phrase, or she, not even the phrase, but this theory in how to treat customers. She says to her employees that we are essentially smack dab in the middle of a huge metropolitan city that is surrounded, the area that they are in, is surrounded by medicine, by practices all around the city and she's been there for about 20 years now since almost since 2007 2008 somewhere around there she's been there she owns the land she bought the building that she lives in she's a badass fucking eye doctor lover i don't know her that much but i admire her from a distance let me turn off my heater it's i don't need a heater hold on So I'm talking to all the nurses, to the girls in the, in, in the front and things of that nature. And they're all great. They're all nice. And it feels like a great environment. It doesn't feel like I'm being cheated. They have these Gucci frames that are like $600. And I was looking at them. I didn't realize they were Gucci. So I asked the, uh, the, the person that was going to sell me some eyeglasses, you know, hey, can I try on those, those frames? And she was like, mm, they're Gucci, so they may be out of your price range because I was asking for prices. And I was like, oh, I don't want Gucci. I, I mean, I would like to have some Gucci, but I don't want to pay $600 for the Gucci. Point is, the experience was worth it. The experience was worth it. And I have health insurance. The ex I'm like, that's, that's why it was worth it. The experience was worth it. The practice was great. The business was great. I felt very comfortable. I felt at ease. I had some conversation. It was a lot of fun. I go to, I go to this building materials store early in the morning. We'll just call it the Adams Bros Building Materials. It's one, it's one of those businesses that has bros in it. You know, Adam Bros Building Materials. I go to that. I'm like, I need plumber's pipe which are these metal rods again, and I need three-fourths of an inch flanges, four of them, right? So keep in mind, right? I didn't realize this at the time because I'm not a carpenter or I, I don't have a background in construction, so I don't know any of this stuff. So I go into the store. They don't have three-fourths of an inch flanges, which is ridiculous. It's like, bro, like they're three-fourths of an inch. They don't have them. They have one and a half, excuse me, not one and a half, just half an inch flanges, which I'm like, okay, fine, I'll get, I'll get those. And so I need plumber's pipe. Plumber's pipe is metal, 
What I get in turn is PVC, which is plastic rods, essentially. It's the wrong building material. And so for the last couple of hours, I've been fucking around with this PVC pipe, trying to make it work, using glue and things of that nature, using the wrong type of glue, admittedly, to try and get these fucking PVC pipes glued onto the flanges, the half an inch flanges and things of that nature. And I have other flanges as well to, to try and make this desk work. And even then, I don't know the stability of it. So I could turn it over and then it could just completely and utterly fall apart which would kind of suck, but the glue that I used is like Gorilla Glue, so it turns into kind of this rubbery cement. So, my the point is, that I'm trying to make, is that I probably got fleeced today by the Adams Brothers, whatever they're called, they gave me the wrong fucking material, they didn't have, I should have just gone to Home Depot or Lowe's, I literally should have, I, I, in fact I did, I did, and I was like, oh, they have the plumber's pipe that I wanted, they have the flanges that I wanted. They have literally everything that I want. I even asked, and you wanna know what? This fucking pissed me off. I fucking go into the hardware store. I didn't look at the fucking flanges, and a lot of this is my fault because of my inexperience. I learned a lot today. You either win or you learn. I learned a lot today. I fucking, I walked out of the fucking store without hardware, which are like screws. I walked out of the store with, without fucking screws. And I'm like, you didn't tell me that I needed screws as well or that you didn't have screws packages? Obviously my fault again, but still, it was fucking annoying dealing with those people. And as soon as I get to the to Home Depot, I'm like, oh, this is a better place. This is a better vibe. I'm never going back there again. Point is, if you're a small business, don't fuck over your consumer. Don't give me the wrong fucking building materials when I literally ask for different materials and you charge me for the building materials. I now get why there's so many shady people in construction because I just got fucked over today and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to do a shitty job because I got fucked over today trying to make this shit work. And so I'm like, oh, this is why construction is such a shady business because everybody is fucking everybody over and I'm like, how is this not being punished? How? I can go to, you know, you want to know the annoying thing about Home Depot versus these motherfuckers at the Adams Brothers? I go to Home Depot. I ask for help. They give me the help. They give me the materials that I need. The desk that I made was because somebody had suggested to me the parts that I had needed, the screws that I had needed, how I could need it, how I could do it. They told me everything that I needed and they told me how I could do it. And I even was like, I don't have this, this, and this. I don't have these materials. I don't have these tools. They told me how to do it. They told me how to build it. Bada bing, bada boom, it's built. I go to fucking Adams, bros, and they fuck me. I'm a little bit annoyed. Because I've been having to deal with this. And it's just so, you want to know the fucking dumbass shit? Literally, if I just got the fucking metal rods, it would be bang, bang. It would be, I put the metal rods into the flanges. I screw the metal rods into the flanges, or technically first, I would drill the flanges into the fucking tabletop of my new desk. I fucking screw in the flanges. I then put in more flanges and then bada bing, bada boom, I'm done for the day. An hour tops. It's been hour like 12 to 13 because I've been lounging around waiting for this fucking glue to, to, to dry. And then it's like, ugh, it's just, it's so annoying. So annoying. It's something as simple and as basic as just getting the proper material. It's like asking for a wood countertop and then getting something steel. It's like, guys, how do you fuck that up? I didn't even ask for PVC. I was like, do you have plumber's pipe? 
They were like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll pay for it. It's absurd. I'm, and look, some people are like, go back and get your money. Go back and get your, I'm like, no. Number one, I'm not really that confrontational unless I need to be. Number two, I would rather just save my energy and not deal with these people. You know, I don't need to go in and, again, you win or you learn. I'm like, what's the point? It's like I get my money back, but I don't get my peace of mind. I'd rather just say, you know what? Fuck those people. I'm not going back there again. I'm going to go to Home Depot, which I should have done in the first place. I'm going to go to Lowe's before I go to those people. Again, if you're a small business, don't fuck over your consumer, man. Jesus Christ. It's like they're so long until you run out of money. I'm like one of the only people that's in there. And I'm one of the first. I, I, I think I went in, in like 10 o'clock in the morning. They fucked me. By the way. <clears throat> I went running today. I worked out a lot. Not today. Um, over the last couple of days. Worked out twice. Or not worked out twice. I went running twice. I've been trying to get on that running grind again. And went running. Ran for 30 minutes. Saturday, Sunday. Sunday was the best day, really, ever. I'm, I'm probably going to go back to running. When I was in college, I was apex predator. I was probably the healthiest I've ever been in my entire life. I was running 28 miles a week. And I always thought, you got to run fast to get the benefits of cardio. And that's not really the case. I was running on, on Sunday at a 4.6 pace. 4.6 mile, which is about 12 to 13 minute mile. It's not very fast at all, folks. And I'm running it, and I'm like, oh, this isn't running at my, at my peak. This isn't running as fast as I possibly can get it. However, as I checked my heart rate, my heart was beating at like 170 beats per minute, which is great. It's a great workout. And I'm like, oh, like, and my shirt is sweating and stuff like that. I'm feeling great. I'm getting into that runner's mode where I'm just like, I can just run and run and run forever. And I was like, oh, this is, this is a great workout that I'm getting in. And then I wake up today, daylight savings time is over with or it's began or whatever. I wake up at five o'clock in the fucking morning refreshed. After getting like two or three hours of sleep, I'm refreshed. And I'm like, oh, I got to go to the gym, right? I'm like, I got to go to the gym this morning. But because I had worked out for like the last three days straight, I was like, I'll take a break. And so I, I fall back asleep a couple of hours later. I wake up and I'm like, wait a second. I woke up at five o'clock in the morning. It's daylight savings time. I woke up at four. Feeling refreshed. Refreshed. It's like, damn, there's something to this running. Point is, I got to do more running. Final thing before we get into the podcast, the topics of the day. Again, I went to an anime expo. I was so happy. Oh, my God. You know. I never get to really be a nerd. I never do. That's, that's the thing that I never really get to do. I never get to be a nerd. You know, a lot of the nerdy stuff that I liked as a child, it was just like, no, 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 can't do that 24. I was like, I want to go to the arcades. Why, 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 why would we go to the arcades? Arcades, ridiculous. Playing video games, that's ridiculous. Reading comic books. I remember one time, my dad for like my entire life was like, 24, I'm not, buy, I'm not spending any money on any video games, ever. Not going to do it, right? You need to read a book. You need to go do something else. You, I'm not spending. I, I don't got any money to spend on video games. And so then, and my family was pretty, pretty well off. My dad was like, years later in high school, 
when I started to get into reading, you know, like reading books, I, I was reading Stephen King. I was, I read it, the thousand page Stephen King epic novel. It's one of his best books ever. I read it in high school. It's a great book. I asked my dad, I was like, hey dad, can I have some, can I have some money for books to read? He's like, 24, I got no money for books. So, let alone comic books, God help me. Like, no, he did not have any money for comic books either. And so I've, I've always had this nerdy side of myself that's been blooming, that's been blossoming. I've never been to a convention or anything like that. I go to an anime festival, $35 for a fucking one day ticket. Are you kidding me? $35. One day ticket, that's all right. Went in, got in, beautiful day. It rank, it smelled like people did not fucking put on fucking deodorant. It was fucking disgusting. How can people leave their houses without putting on deodorant? How? How? Tell me how. It smelled like a bunch of dudes did not put on fucking deodorant. A lot of ball sweat. A lot of girls, by the way, there as well. I'm shocked that they were there. They must have really, really loved anime. There was this girl wearing this motorcycle helmet and like this tight bodysuit. I was like, oh my goodness. A lot of nerdy girls there as well. Shocker. I'm walking around the expo. I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. And... I, of course, am like, I got to get some merch. I got to get some merchandise. I'm a huge fan. I love anime. I got to get some merchandise, right? And so I stopped by this stall, this vendor. I won't say what it is. Stopped by this vendor. And they have these ridiculously awesome looking posters. These like polyester, awesome posters. I don't know what they're called. But... They're made from certain artists and things of that nature. One of which, it's so hard. It's like, it's so hard to describe what this looks like. But essentially, it's this kind of lo-fi environment, right? Like, imagine lo-fi music and things of that nature. It's like lo-fi art, except it's in Japan. So there's like a bunch of J Japanese writing and things of that nature. But it is a collaboration of like Digimon and Pokemon. So you'll have like a Pokeball in a sign for like a Pokemart and then there's like a Digimart and then right smack dab in the center, if you know what you're looking for, it's Ash Ketchum and Taichi and Agumon. And it looks so fucking dope. The art is so fucking cool. I was like, I saw it and I was like, can I get it in large? They were like, you know, we don't have it in large. By the way, $60, not $60. There's like a $10 price increase from, a, a, from like a medium to a large. And it's like, this, the medium is like two-thirds the size of a large. So it's just like, it, or one-third potentially. No, I think it's two-thirds. It's, it's like, it, like another third for $10. I'm like, something's wrong with this price. And then I got a gigantic Wear Gururumon poster as well. I was thinking about getting something else. They also had some pretty dope ones as well. I can't wait. The anime convention is supposed to come back in June. I can't wait to go again and get some more posters potentially. But I also went on their website, the vendor's website, and I bought some more posters as well. So I'm super excited about that. When I, hopefully, when the desk gets built, I'm going to have these posters next to it. Going to get a couch, going to get a fucking rug as well, a carpet, or no, a, a rug, excuse me. I'm so excited for this new setup. Give me two seconds. Gotta put the fucking posters away. Sorry. So, what do we got today? What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Free agency frenzy. 
as I guess a lot of people have dubbed it. I don't know why people, I mean, I get why, but it's just like free agency frenzy. It's like that 1960s journalist that just rhyme things with the same, with the same um, letter, with the same first letter, you know? Like free, maybe not rhymes, but it's like they just select a bunch of words that are, that have the same first letter, like free agency frenzy. I know free agency are two different words, and one of them has an F and one of them has an A, but you know what I mean. Like bad, it's it's like something that people from a it's some it's like something that people think was awesome sixty years ago that just wasn't, and and it seems just dated now as well. The fact that I can do things like like um. The fact that I can do things like, here's Janet Jackson with the new, with the six o'clock news on the four o five. There was a huge pileup, and it, and we have some major wins coming in. The fact that I just did that and I sounded like sixty percent of the people that actually do the news is ridiculous. And then the fact that people still obnoxiously kind of create headlines with just words that have the exact same first letter is a, a bit obnoxious. It's like, guys, come on, like, can we figure this out? Can we make better content please and thank you so free agency frenzy was today we'll talk about it also the chicago bears will talk about this right now chicago traded let me take a seat first overall pick now when i saw this news break on friday i was a bit shocked let me move some stuff around hold on when i saw this news break on friday I will admit to you, I was a bit shocked. I was a bit shocked because I did not expect Chicago, A, to move so quickly, to move so diligently with the number one overall pick. I thought they were going to be a little bit more conservative with it. I thought they were going to be incredibly slow. I thought they were potentially going to be caught off guard. They were none of those things. They were very, very fast. They were very, very diligent. They handled their business incredibly quickly, and it it worked out to their benefit. I think they got a very, very decent haul for I thought I, you know what I'll say it. I think they fleeced to some degree the Carolina Panthers. Let's so let's talk about this on the Chicago Bears point of view, and then we'll talk about it from the Carolina. Actually, we'll we'll flip. We'll go from Carolina to the Bears, because I, uh, I'll i have a lot more to say about Chicago than I do about Carolina. So Carolina, to get to to get the first overall pick, they gave up, they swapped first rounders this year. They gave up a second rounder. They then traded the 2024 first, and then they also gave up another second rounder in 2025, and also they gave up DJ Moore for the number one overall pick. You want my honest opinion about it? That's too much. That's too much for Carolina. That is an insane price. And the GM for Carolina probably should have been fired with Matt Rule because he's terrible. Absolutely, utterly devaluing huge assets for the football team is mistake number one. Is like not even mistake number one. It's like the worst mistake you can make as a GM. Devaluing your own assets. Essentially making yourself less valuable in these talks, in these negotiations. And that's exactly what Carolina's stupid GM has done for the past six months. Devalued Christian McCaffrey. Oh, Christian McCaffrey isn't very good. Christian McCaffrey was essentially on one of the best offenses in the NFL when he got traded. And shocker, 
He had a revitalization of his career once he left Carolina. It's almost as if Matt Rule was a terrible head coach. Oh, wait, no, he was a terrible head coach. That's why he's fired and coaching for Nebraska. Not even in the NFL. Wasn't even a freaking placeholder. People were like, he didn't lose the locker room at the end of the season. I don't care. He couldn't help his team win football games. Drain the soul out of Christian McCaffrey. It's like Christian McCaffrey was DOA when Matt Rule came to town. And then Kyle Shanahan pulled out the defibrillators, resurrected Christian McCaffrey. What a surprise. He's a great player once again. Once again, the GM for the Carolina Panthers, in my opinion, has made a cardinal huge mistake. Huge mistake. By trading away DJ Moore. In my opinion, when I saw that deal go through, I saw two twos originally. I saw two twos and a first, and I was like, oh, this is, this is money for Carolina. I was like, they only have to give up a first. They swap their this year's pick. They give up one, uh, one first in 2024, and then they give up two twos. And I was like, oh, that's easy. Carolina won it. It's not even close. I was about to go into a tirade about Ryan Poles and the Bears. And then I saw at the end, and DJ Moore. And I was like, huh? What? Who? DJ Moore? Yes. They gave up. In my opinion, the current crown jewel of the Carolina Panthers. I think he was and is their best player. And I am shocked that they gave him up for for peanuts on the dime. I don't understand it. I really don't. It makes zero sense. I mean, it's not even close. He was their best player. He was their best player. There's a statistic that's going on, that's going around right now, that essentially is this, that if DJ Moore was drafted by the Chicago Bears and not the Carolina Panthers, and he just had the statistics that he had in Carolina, which is pretty hard, in Carolina, in Chicago, which is pretty hard because Chicago is a very bad organization, DJ Moore would have been their all-time leader in yards, the Chicago Bears. He has 5,200 yards. I don't know who the all-time leader in yards is for wide receivers in Chicago, but DJ Moore would have surpassed them. This is why I hate Chicago, by the way. They are a 100-year-old franchise, and their leading wide receiver has not eclipsed 5,200 yards. DJ Moore did that in five years. Chicago is potentially about to get somebody that can do that. Um, and it, it, finally, but, but, but it's taken them a hundred years to do that. And so Carolina has given up DJ Moore, best player on their team. You want to know something? I thought about this over the last couple of days. I said, who does this guy remind me of? Who does this guy, who does DJ Moore remind me of? Breakaway speed, physical, awesome route runner. He's not really a touchdown machine. I think that's partially because of the quarterbacks that he's rolling with. But he's awesome, and technically he had his career high in touchdowns last year, so technically he is kind of a touchdown. He had seven touchdowns, pretty great. 888 yards, 63 receptions, 14.1 yards per catch, all above average, all great numbers. But who does he remind me of? Who does he remind me of? And it clicked. 
He reminds me of Jamar Chase. DJ Moore and Jamar are probably around the same height and weight, six foot, six foot one, maybe six foot two, over 200 pounds. DJ Moore is a little bit bigger. He's 209, probably 210, somewhere around there. DJ Moore, I don't know what he ran, but he probably is in the low four fours, breakaway speed, great route runner, physical, run after the catch, potential, everything. He's got it all. Great hands. Physical wide receiver. Micah Parsons said he was one of the hardest players to play up against him in his rookie year. There's this play. If you look at the Carolina Panthers game versus the Dallas Cowboys two years ago in the 2021 season, Micah Parsons tries to like destroy DJ Moore because he's a wide receiver. DJ Moore like bounces off of the tackle, spins off and runs upfield for like an additional 10 to 15 yards, maybe 20 yards, something like that. DJ Moore is an amazing player. He is, without a shadow of a doubt, the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. I cannot think of another guy, because he's a top 10 guy to me. He really is. I cannot think of another guy that is as productive as he is with as many horrific quarterback combinations as he has had. He had like Cam Newton for a year or two, and then it was... Hold on, let me check if I have the list here. I may not have the list of quarterbacks that Carolina just decided to uh, to go after here. I may not have it. Give me two seconds. Let me see if I got it. Maybe not. I do not. I apologize. <clears throat> but it was like Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker, Who's that guy? Sam Allen or John Allen or some Kyle Allen. There we go. Kyle Allen. And yeah, he's just had inconsistency at the quarterback position. And it's just been kind of a disaster for him as a football player. But he reminded me so much of DeAndre Hopkins and kind of the notion and the fact that DeAndre could play with, and this is before he got Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins was just, and we'll talk about him in a couple minutes as well, DeAndre Hopkins was just an elite receiver for many, 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 many years without having really any consistency at quarterback. I mean, when I tell you, and by the way, I don't think I need to mention DeAndre Hopkins as anything but a Hall of Famer. I feel like we all know he's a Hall of Famer. But I mean, when he was in his prime of his career, and I still think he is, he's a couple of years away from being out of it. But I mean, check out these these touchdowns, right? Now, getting six is great. From 2015, his touchdowns were 11, 4, 13, 11, 7, 6, 8, and 3 last year. But he was suspended for, I think, six or seven games. And Kyler Murray was out. For I think an additional four, five, six games, something like that, with a torn ACL. I think he tore it in November. And somehow, some way, DeAndre Hopkins still gets 717 yards, three tutties. And DJ Moore is very, very similar in the sense of, sure, fine, he didn't get a thousand yards. Oh, he didn't get a thousand yards. Oh, he didn't. Season long, this is the season long catch that he had: 62 yards. Again, seven touchdowns. Anything above six, and it really six is great. Getting six touchdowns is great. 
But when you get above six, it's like now we're talking about being in a completely different territory. Seven touchdowns for DJ Moore. Almost 1,000 yards with bombs. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker. Bad quarterback play all around. And I think this year was the, the year where the wheels fell off the wagon for him, unfortunately. I don't know. In, it was, I think, because of inconsistency. Robbie Anderson wanted out. Matt Rule gets fired. Carolina just completely and utterly implodes as an organization. It wasn't his fault. However, he was a part of the crap fest. And so, DJ Moore, unfortunately, is, or didn't have a thousand yards, unfortunately, but I mean, I don't think that matters as much as just the simplicity of the fact that he played great with who was surrounding him. And so, he gets packaged, I don't know why, because he's easily their best player, easily their best player. I don't care about Akeem Aquanu. I don't care about J.C. Horn, I don't care about... Jeremy Chin, I like a lot of those players. They are not literally one of the best players at their respective positions right now. Maybe Jeremy Chin. But like DJ Moore literally is a top 10 guy. Borderline a top 5. If he had better quarterback play. And so he goes off to Chicago for pretty much peanuts. I think and thought that he was worth a first rounder. In all honesty. if the, the, like That's my assessment of him. I think he's a first rounder easily worth a first rounder and I just watched these fucking Carolina Panthers just be like yep we're uh we're gonna trade away DJ Moore for peanuts and then a report immediately comes out that the owner and Jake Tapper and let me see who this is from this is from NFL rookie Roch. essentially <clears throat> Frank Wright the new head coach wants CJ Stroud while David Tapper not Jake or Blake or whatever I said David Tapper the owner he wants Bryce Young. And so now they can't even agree, agree on the on the freaking quarterback that they want. And for me, I think it's obvious. I think Bryce Young is the favorite quarterback. Is the favorite, not the favorite, but the best quarterback in this year's draft. I'm shocked that the freaking Carolina Panthers traded up for the number one spot. And then they don't even know who they're going to freaking pick. You can say, well, there's still a month left of evaluation and things of that nature. And it's just like... Whatever, man. They should have and could have known. They should have and needed to have known that they were going to go after one of these guys and just be like, yeah, we're moving on. We're going to pick whomever, right? But also, to be fair, it's fine if you're like, we're going to pick one of these guys or we, and we don't know which one. I would prefer they know which one before they move up for the first overall pick, but... It's fine if you know you're going to pick one of the two, I guess, to be fair. But to me, it's just like you don't know which one you're going to pick and you spend all that, all those picks and you trade away your best player. Ugh, oy vey. Oh, my gosh, man. My TV is still busted. It's still out. I don't know what's wrong with it. Unfortunately. I don't know. I'm watching Mike Trout fucking hit a three-run home runner on Twitter. <sighs> that blows. That sucks. Not Mike Trout. Not Mike Trout. Excuse me, hitting a three-run homer. But the fact that I cannot watch it—that's the thing that sucks. 
Carolina's perspective is from Carolina's perspective, I think they've lost it potentially. I'm not a big fan of CJ Stroud. I think he's underdeveloped. I'm a huge fan of Bryce. Hopefully they get the they got the number one pick for Bryce Young instead of CJ Stroud. Also, interesting kind of developments coming out of Indianapolis. Dude, where are you guys at? Indianapolis could potentially get hosed here in the next couple of weeks to months because they could be forced. Jim Ursay, I love, you know, I love Jim Ursay and his his whole bravado, right? He's just like, well, he, he kind of hints when they hire Steve Steichen, I think that's what his name, the former Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator. He says to Steve Steichen, you know, guys, look, we're going to go after, or not even, he's, it's not that he says to Steve Steichen. He says in the press conference where Steve Steichen gets announced as the new head coach for the Indianapolis Colts, that he likes, and I'm paraphrasing here, he likes Bryce Young, right? And so, like Jerry Jones, he does nothing about it. He just lets somebody else go up seven or eight spots. The Carolina Panthers were drafting not the overall, excuse me, so eight spots. They go up eight spots, and they're just like, yeah, here we are. We're going to go after C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young depending on who wins out, David Tapper or Frank Wright, and then the Houston Texans are going to get whoever else they get, whoever else is left, excuse me, and then potentially the Cardinals, if somebody is there or not, the Cardinals could trade down and back, and they could let somebody leapfrog them and get the other quarterback, and then now, if you're in Indianapolis, you're sitting at, I think, four, and so now you're sitting at four, and you're like, wait a second, we only have Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, I think Will Levis is probably the fourth guy on most guys' boards. He is, I think, the fifth guy on mine, and he's like a third or fourth rounder. I don't understand it. But Will Levis, he's out and about, and the you know the, the Indianapolis Colts could be persuaded to pick him because they, they right now don't have a quarterback. Like, that's indisputable. The, the weird thing is, they directly showed their hand. They said, look, we're getting rid of Matt Ryan. Jim Mersey is going to talk about how he wants a young quarterback and things of that nature. They don't have a quarterback really on the roster. And they needed to go after a quarterback, and they were like, yeah, we're going to stand back at fourth. And now it's like you could potentially have two teams selecting two of the top prospects, and then also you could have another team go up. Apparently, Jim Mersey last year wanted to see Sam Ellinger which is one of the reasons why he fired Frank Wright. He's like, play Sam Ellinger, and then they played him, and then he sucks. And they're like, oh. Whoops. But the Colts, I mean, they play in one of the worst divisions in professional football. I t- You know what? I, like, I'm not even going to go deep into the analysis. Remember what I talked about from months ago, if you've been a listener for that long. You know, I've been talking about how the Colts essentially were carried by Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning is the only good thing that, that's ever happened in that organization. And look, when I say that, I reference Peyton Manning's tenure with them, and then the Indianapolis Colts before and after his tenure with them. They were terrible in both. They weren't even in the city, the same city. They were the Baltimore Colts with Johnny Unitas in what, the 60s or the 70s? I think it was the 70s. But it's like if they don't have Johnny Unitas, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, or Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, they're a relatively bad organization. 
And so it looks like one of the worst teams in one of the worst divisions will continue to be one of the worst teams in one of the worst divisions in the NFL. However, the interesting thing is, let's say they are completely out on getting a quarterback this year and getting Caleb Williams next year. I think teams that are pushing their chips to the table next year, it's going to be very, very interesting to see who wins out and, he, and to see who's going to like fold and who's going to raise and who's going to call and who's going to essentially gamble next year and even the forthcoming years because if you can get Caleb Williams I think he's one of the best prospects I've ever seen ever so if you can get Caleb Williams next year by sacrificing this year and then you can parlay this year's position into Will Anderson or Jalen Carter as the Indianapolis Colts I'm like hey you know more power to you do I think that they are that good of an organization to essentially turn the situation that's very bad into one of two of the best draft prospects in these next two drafts this year's and next year's do I think that they are that smart to be able to pull that off absolutely not which is why I'm a little bit skeptical on the Indianapolis Colts going forward from here and so yeah Colts they're up shit's creek without a paddle Carolina we'll see what happens on draft day and for the the short-term future and long-term future you want to know something interesting I thought before I read that they had traded DJ Moore I thought that the Carolina Panthers were going to be in the running for their division with Bryce Young. This is, again, before I learned that C.J. Stroud is the favorite with Frank Wright. And Frank Wright will probably win because he's the head coach, but we'll see what happens. I thought they were going to potentially win the division because it's terrible. It really is. It's really bad. Derek Carr is in it. Notice how I really haven't talked about him that much. Do I want to spend a couple of minutes on Derek Carr? I'll spend like five seconds. I'll spend a minute or two on Derek Carr. But this is after Carolina's whole Bryce Young. It, this is this is my perspective on Carolina before they traded away DJ Moore. I thought they were going to win the division. I felt really, really strongly about it. Look around at the teams. All of the teams are terrible. All of the teams don't really have quarterbacks. I felt Bryce was going to add a lot of stability to Carolina and I also felt that they could potentially draft a running back in the second round because they also have a very, very bad... They No, they, no, they also traded away their second round pick. Never mind. But I felt like they were going to squeak by and win seven or eight games, maybe, with Bryce and DJ Moore. Obviously, that's not the case. Is DJ Moore the best wide receiver in that division, too? Atlanta doesn't really have anybody. They have Drake London. The Saints, they have Chris Olave. You know what? I think I would take I think I would take DJ Moore. No disrespect to Chris Evans. Wow. Mike Evans. Jesus Christ. Mike Evans. Sorry, Mike. Sorry, Big Mike. No disrespect to Big Mike down there in Tampa. I love him, but I think right now I would take DJ Moore because he's a little bit younger than him over Mike Evans. So that that's just my opinion. But we will see. We will see what happens. But obviously. The whole Carolina thing, getting DJ, getting Bryce Young and having DJ Moore is kind of like, it's, it's kind of an afterthought, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Two minutes on New Orleans acquiring Derek Carr. I think it is, I think it somewhat stabilizes the quarterback position because I don't think Derek Carr is as bad as Taysom Hill and Ian Book, and Andy Dalton. I don't think he's as bad, but he's not very good. And I'm tired of pretending like he is, okay? I'm tired of it. 
I'm tired of his older brother going on national television and saying that his brother is a top 10 quarterback. I'm tired of all these media people trying to essentially vouch for Derek Carr. Has Derek Carr had some great moments? Yes. He beat the Cowboys in overtime on Thanksgiving two years ago. Broke my fucking heart. But he did. He carried his team for the most part for the better part of eight years without really having a great supporting cast around him. Um, he had a great offense. He had Amari Cooper. He had a great offensive line at one point. He has had terrible head coaches, and that has definitely contributed to his overall career. He's about to have another bad one as well. But Derek, I mean, he's... Uh, look, I've seen Dak Prescott play with worse circumstances, man. And to me, it's like Dak has won games. Dak has kept his team competitive. I've not seen... And by the way, I, his defense, Dak's defense has been overrated uh, for the majority of his of his career now it's actually pretty damn good Derek unfortunately is just a worse quarterback than Derek than Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins last year again Josh McDaniels is a terrible head coach but I did not expect that drop off even with Devontae Adams and Darren Waller who I know was hurt for huge portions of the season and also Hunter Hen- uh, Hunter Renfro who again I know he was hurt as well it's just Derek Carr to me has had a lot of opportunities for success and has just failed miserably in a pretty weak division, right? Like a semi-weak division, obviously before Patrick kind of came to town and there were some years with the Chargers here and there, but man, that division has been like, he's been there for almost 10 years and that division has been ripe for the taking, just waiting for him to just come up and snatch it. And he just never does, never does, or more specifically, never did. So now he's playing in, yet again, a weak division in, I think, a weaker conference. I think that's very obvious. And the Saints, they should be in playoff contention next year. I'm not going to lie to you. They should. Will they? Probably not. Probably not. Nope. We'll see what happens with the Saints next year. I don't think the Saints are going to be a very good football team next year. If they are going to go to the playoffs, it'll just be a first-round elimination. Eh, it depends. Depends on who they play up against, but we'll see. We'll see. So I talked about the trade, the number one trade via the Carolina, uh, the Carolina Panthers position and perspective. Let me talk about it from the Chicago Bears. You're a Chicago Bears fan, and I've already seen them doing this. You should be dancing in the streets of Chicago. You should be celebrating. You should be extraordinarily happy. Not just because of the not just because of the um the compensation, right? Multiple firsts. Obviously, multiple seconds throughout multiple drafts gives you a lot of flexibility in the next couple of years. That is not the reason why you should be celebrating in the streets. The reason why you should be celebrating in the streets, ladies and gentlemen, is because you got DJ Moore. And finally, the number one thing that I have been complaining about for about a year now when in relation to Justin Fields is that he does not have a number one wide receiver. And a lot of people are talking about Chase Claypool potentially being another guy for him. Um, I, I'm kind of sold. I kind of sold my stock on Chase Claypool. I don't think he's very good as a wide receiver and we'll, we'll see what happens long-term there. But DJ Moore, again, I said that he is or was the best player for the Carolina Panthers. And I meant it. And I still do. I, I, I mean, even if it, like, I still think he is the best right now team and 
he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Again, I, I feel like he is Jamar Chase before Jamar Chase. And so for him to go to a team that is in desperate need of wide receivers, and specifically a good wide receiver, to go to that team in Chicago and play for that team now is, is great for Chicago, in my opinion. I think it's great. It's important. It's imperative. They needed a wide receiver. They got a wide receiver. There's nothing bad about that. They also stack on essentially what I would have had. Because I, I think DJ Moore, once again, is worth one first rounder. Whether or not the consensus around the league was that he was worth that much isn't, you know, it's not my business. But I felt like he was worth a first rounder. And they got, they probably got him for a steal. Because I think Carolina probably undervaluated him as a player. And... Chicago essentially gets off with one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And depending on what happens with Carolina here in the next couple of years, Carolina could also be a terrible team. And they have two first rounders and two second rounders that are just going to be major top tier picks for the Carolina Panthers. You want to know my honest opinion about the trade? If I I would have spread out the damage, right? If I'm going to have to, I mean, technically Carolina, no, Carolina has the first overall pick, so I guess this year it's fine. But I wouldn't, for example, have potential, I wouldn't have given up DJ. I wouldn't have, like, I think where they lost the trade is DJ, Carolina. If you ask me, would I rather have given up DJ Moore or a first rounder? I would have given up a first rounder instead of DJ Moore if I'm Carolina. And the reason for that is, is that he's already one of the best players in the NFL. Why would I give up? Why wouldn't I be more inclined to give up a first rounder? It doesn't help us to give up to to save that twenty. I think, I think it's a twenty twenty. What what's what's the compensation again? Let me refresh my mind. What was it? What did they give up? They gave up a first in twenty twenty four. That's it. I thought they had a, a first in twenty twenty five as well. That's it. Whatever. They give up a first in 2024. Is it? Wait, wait, wait. Is it a second? Let me look this up. Wait a second. I thought Chicago got two first round draft picks after the swap. So they would have three technically. That doesn't make any sense. No, they would have two. And then, okay, hold on. Give me like two seconds to figure this out because I'm confusing myself. I'm on like Ian Rappaport's Twitter, but maybe he got it wrong here. Maybe. Give me like two seconds here. Hold on. Oh, that's, I thought, here's the thing, I guess, I guess I read this wrong, I thought that the Carolina Panthers gave up two firsts, and they just swapped, they gave up two firsts, and DJ Moore, and they swapped the pick, the ninth overall pick, but I guess that's not what it's ha- what's happened, that makes the trade, 
that takes a little bit of bite out of the trade. If I'm 100% honest with you. It kind of does. Because the damage... Here's the thing. Let me take a swig. I think where I got confused is having it in my mind that they shouldn't have traded away DJ Moore and that they should have just said you can have another first round draft pick but I think Carolina's okay this is this is fine I think it, it's still I think Carolina still loses the trade because they still lose out on DJ Moore but it's not as bad as, as a trade as I initially thought and the reason for that is is that you're essentially done with the damage the majority of the damage after the 2024 draft you still have your second round draft pick in 2024 if you're Carolina. You just give up your 2024 first rounder. You're still going to have to lose your second rounder. However, at that point, you're you're kind of done feeling the effects of the trade. So the trade is kind of even, but again, where they lost it majorly is DJ Moore because he's one of the best players right now. But again, if you're Chicago, you still should be excited because you do get a lot of you you get DJ Moore. That's pretty much the reason why you should be excited because you're going to get a, a, a huge, a huge, huge, huge asset for your football team, especially for Justin Fields and for your offense overall. The problem, and you also get a second round draft pick, and you also get an additional first. I thought you were going to get two first, but sure. Problem is, for this draft, where you're drafting is kind of in a no man's land. Right, let me pull up my mock draft simulator. Let me sh let me show you something. <clears throat> Give me two seconds. I gotta pull it up. As it's loading here, I'm on Pro Football Network, but the Safari is Safari is bad. Let me just I literally. I'm like, let me just open it up on. On Chrome. Okay, here we go. Like, Chrome opens it up. And Chrome is such a better web browser than Safari. Okay, let me show you something here. Right? So, I'll draft for the Bears, and I'll show you something. So, if you're in Chicago, you're in this weird spot where at 8th overall... You don't have, you don't need another wide receiver. You can get one if you want one, right? You don't really need another wide receiver. You can go after Jordan Addison. You can go after one of the cornerbacks. But really what you want is an offensive lineman, right? And some people are a little bit weird on offensive linemen. I love Peter Skronsky. I think he's a great offensive tackle. Um, a lot of people are like, he's going to be moved into guard, and that's where he's going to be. I don't know. We'll see. Some of the bigger defensive assets like Miles Murphy, the edge rusher out of Clemson, is is kind of taken in this mock draft by the Atlanta Falcons. For some weird reason, Christian Gonzalez is taken fourth. I, I may need to stop using Pro Football Network. I don't like their mock drafts. I'm like, some of these players, I'm like, eh, I don't have them. But... Tyree Wilson is still available, so you can maybe get him if you're Carolina. But you really want, especially this year, to help bolster Justin Fields. 
we want to help him out a lot here um, as as we kind of enter into free agency. In fact, as we have entered into free agency. And so, really, with the first overall pick, you may just have to take one of the edge rushers. You may also have to take a potential offensive lineman. We'll see what happens, but man, oh man, oh man. It's a weird spot to be in for sure. It's a weird spot to be in for sure. We'll see what happens for Chicago. Look, as somebody who has been systemically critical on this football team, I would say that they still, even with only getting just an additional first rounder essentially, and DJ Moore, I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, they, they won it regardless. They won the trade. So tip the cap to the Bears. Tip the cap. And I think, oh yeah, before I like kind of just scroll on Ian Rappaport's timeline and kind of just talk about the, um, the free agency that happened today, let me talk about DeAndre Hopkins and specifically the Dallas Cowboys. So Dallas has been linked to a bevy of different free agents this offseason. Some of them really, really cool, interesting, great free agents. I mean, a lot of them are always, they're always cool, interesting, and great free agents. They're always interesting. They're always important, et cetera, et cetera. But it seems as if Dallas can never fully pull the trigger and commit to some of these free agents and it showcases in their free agency classes. For example, in 2022, they got Deontay Fowler on a one-year $3 million deal. James Washington on a one-year $1.2 million deal. This is in 2022. In 2021, they get Keanu Neal, one year, $4 million. Terrell Basham, two years, $5.5 million. Dron Curse, one year, $1.1 million. 2020, Gerald McCoy, pretty much one of their biggest swings and in, in, swing and a miss. Huge swing. Gerald McCoy, three years, $18 million. He gets cut before the season because he gets hurt. Don Terry Poe, two years, $8.5 million. He really was only there for one year and then just nothing. Kicker, Greg Zerline, two years. Really, he gets three, year, three years, excuse me, $7.5 million. I think he leaves after two years because he didn't play there in 2023. Aha, Clinton Dix, one year, $3.75 million. 2019, and this is before even the Mike McCarthy administration. Randall Cobb, one year, $5 million. Jason Witten, one year, $4.2 million. Christian Covington, one year, $2.5 million. Going a little bit faster. Alan, uh, to, uh, 2018, Alan Hearns, two years, $12 million. Deontay Thompson, one year, $1.8 million. Joe Thomas, two years, $3.6 million. So the only player that they have offered more than $10 million, this is the full breadth of their contract. In fact, the only two players that they offered more than $10 million, not per year, but just in the valuation of their contract, is Joe McCoy and Alan Hearns. Two of the biggest swings and misses for the Dallas Cowboys horrendous stuff. But for some reason, they're able to get a lot of mileage from some of these some of these guys like 
Randall Cobb was a great wide receiver for them. Greg Zerline had some big games for them as well. Jaron Curse is a really, really good safety, to be honest with you. Deontay Fowl, uh, Dante Fowler excuse me, had a great season last year, considering he was like the fourth or the fifth guy on the depth chart for them. He was awesome. One year, $3 million. Dallas loves to be cheap. Jerry Jones loves to be cheap. He does not love to be aggressive. People who keep saying, we know Jerry, he likes to be aggressive. No, he does not like to be aggressive. He does not like to be aggressive whatsoever. He likes to be passive. He likes to be conservative. He likes to essentially pocket the money and not take any risk. That's a huge fucking problem when you got teams that are like, not only do we love taking risks, but we love, 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 love taking swings in an attempt to try to make our teams better and try to get over the hump for, um, for the playoffs and for the Super Bowl. In comes in DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, future Hall of Famer, still got a lot of juice left in the tank. DeAndre Hopkins is available. Dallas, every single offseason, every single year, is essentially linked to one or more free agents this year. This year, it is DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham Jr., Bobby Wagner, and Jalen Ramsey. Well, they've already missed out on Jalen Ramsey. The Miami Dolphins had to give up a third and a tight end, and they get Jalen Ramsey. Absurd types of money. Absurd types of money that he's worth now. Let me try and check if they got his contract here. Let me try and see. He's getting paid $17 million. That's, that, that's just too much money for Dallas. I don't know if he's going to have another contract. I'm not really sure. Next year in 2024, he's going to get paid 18 and a half. 2025, 19 and a half. To me, he's underpaid. He's one of the best corners in the NFL. And then they can, and then he's an unrestricted free agent in 2026. I'm like, that's fine. That's fair. You like that. You're Miami. Dallas is like, and we don't want him. Could potentially bolster their secondary, and we don't want him. There's uh, this tweet that's going around by Tom Downey of Chat Sports. Where essentially one of the um, where he essentially links the phases of Dallas Cowboys free agency, and one of them is Jerry Jones saying that he likes his guys. That's probably going to come up very very soon. DeAndre Hopkins again is worth about I think twenty million dollars per year, something like that. Dallas also has to re-sign Ceedee Lamb and Trevon Diggs this offseason as well. We will see. Dallas already lost Connor McGovern, who went to the Bills today. Connor McGovern is a average to, I mean, at times he had a good season last year for the Cowboys. He was a good, he was a good player for Dallas at times. At other times he was okay. I didn't think he was a great, and I didn't think he was a great player and I never thought that he was a great player, but still at times he was a good, he was a good player, excuse me. So Connor, tip of the cap to him. I like Connor McGovern. Dalton Schultz, they're tied in. They're going to move off of him, but that's kind of why they tagged him last year because they had all intentions of moving off of of um of Dalton Schultz by drafting Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot as well. They were like, cool. We got two tight ends and they figured it out fast. They were like, oh, we got two tight ends and Peyton and Jake that are pretty good. Good um, receivers and also can develop into pretty decent blockers. We're fine with tight ends for the next foreseeable years. But Dallas has been tied to DeAndre Hopkins and to me and Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know if they'll get either one. 
at this point, my gut is telling me they won't get either one. Carolina, or not Carolina, the Arizona Cardinals want a second-round draft pick for DeAndre Hopkins. I would negotiate that down right now to like a third, and I would take his cap hit right now, and we would figure it out. We would figure out the money later. We would figure it out. C.D. Lamb is a top 10, top 5 guy, borderline top 5 guy in the NFL. He was all pro last year, and he deserved it. It wasn't even close. He was awesome last year. And the fact that Dallas is not taking it very seriously, and look, maybe Michael Gallup can be a better wide receiver next year. Maybe he can be it. A lot of people are like, well, he tore his ACL in 2021 and all this stuff, and when he comes back, he'll be great. It's like, look, I don't know if Michael Gallup will be able to be as great as he once was. He did not look good even after the timing. You know, maybe he came back early. I don't know. I think Dallas Cowboy fans are kind of making that narrative up. Regardless, I mean, he did come back after an ACL injury, but I don't know how long the ACL affected him. He did not look right. He did not look good all season. And you can kind of chalk that. You can potentially chalk that up to the injury. Regardless, I'm not taking that risk. I'm going after DeAndre Hopkins if I'm the Dallas Cowboys. But I feel like my breath is being wasted on even talking about it because I know that they're not going to do it. Because that would take them giving up some ground in the negotiations, which Dallas ridiculously does not want to do. That would take reaching out and doing some work. The same thing goes for Odell. They apparently like Odell Beckham Jr., but they didn't go to his little, uh, his, his tryout thing. And so Dallas has consistently put themselves behind the eight ball. They've cleared up a bunch of cap space this year, and everybody keeps on saying 30 million, 30 million, 30 million. They have $30 million in available cap space. To every single media member and person that keeps on saying that, that is not the case. Okay? That is not the case at all. Yes, they cleared up $30 million in available cap space. However, they were in the red. They were negative, I think, $16 million or something like that. Because right now, in the green, they're in the green, so they are plus whatever. They're plus $14 million. They have $14 million to spend. They do not have $30 million. And they cleared, I think, 7 or $8 million today with the restructuring of Michael Gallup's contract. So they will have $22 million. That's like just enough to pay... DeAndre Hopkins, who's worth, I think, $15 million this year. Yeah, he's worth, no, excuse me, he's worth $29 million this year. If Dallas were to go after DeAndre Hopkins, they would need to clear an additional $7 million in cap space. They would need to clear it. They would need to clear it. They don't have the money. Simply put, they don't. They would have to give DeAndre Hopkins a two- or three-year extension, which I think he wants, and then they would have to spread out his money and, and move it around and, and, and have to renegotiate. We will see. J- Dallas is always public with this type of stuff, so you always see these reads coming. You always see Dallas essentially projecting what they're going to do within the first couple of weeks of March or even the last couple of weeks of February. There's been nothing on them trying to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Do they want DeAndre Hopkins? Absolutely. But will they get him? 
Probably to definitely not at this point. The same thing, and by the way, there's interest around the Chiefs. The Chiefs also want DeAndre Hopkins as well. It's like Dallas, the Patriots, and the Kansas City Chiefs. One of those teams is going to get DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion. And I think it's potentially, I mean, the Chiefs, they don't have the money for it as well. But I think the Chiefs, they kind of understand, look, we don't really have a number one guy here as a quarterback, not as a quarterback, excuse me, but as a wide receiver, we kind of need one. The Chiefs are even worse than the Cowboys in this position. But if you want my honest opinion about it, if you're like, look, who is going to be the guy that the Chief, that, that DeAndre Hopkins is going to go to? I think it's the Chiefs or the Patriots. Let me see, check and see how much cap space the Patriots have. And this is probably going to be, the Patriots have the cap for it. Eh, no, no, they don't. They have $28 million. They're going to have to essentially renegotiate his contract for him to be traded. That's kind of, that's the aspect, right? For all of these teams. All these teams are going to have to be like, look, we're going to have to trade. We're going to have to trade some assets. We're going to have to move on. Not trade some assets. We're going to have to extend them and give them some money, right? Because his cap hit is ridiculously large. It's impossible for us to fill that cap hit. So, We'll see what happens on the DeAndre Hopkins front. I don't think the Cowboys are going to get him. I think that's just, I think that's obvious, by the way. I just don't think that they, the Cowboys are very good at acquiring and accumulating talent, as evident by the the list of players that I just mentioned. Two of the players that con, that their contracts were worth, not $10 million per year, but just $10 million over the course of their contract. $10 million or more, by the way. There, there were only two players, and those two players were Jared McCoy and Alan Hearns in like the last five years, from 2018 to 2022. Excuse me. Last four years, I guess. So, yeah, it's it's not going well for the Cowboys in, in regards to contracts. I think Odell Beckham Jr. is very, very similar. Apparently, Odell wants $20 million as well. I, 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 I would disagree with Odell. We'll see what happens. Adam Thielen is kind of an interesting wide receiver that got released, I think, a couple of days ago on March 10th. Um, I think he's I think he's really, really good. I think the Dallas Cowboys will probably target him as well. He has position flexibility, and I think he's reliant, reliable, excuse me. So and I think he's smart. I think he's I think he's a very, very smart, reliable wide receiver. I'm a bit shocked by it. I don't know what his cap hit was originally. I'm assuming it was not very good for them. But Adam, I still think, is a really, really awesome wide receiver, and we'll kind of see what happens with him long term. I think he's very good. We'll see. It's just Justin Jefferson is such a presence for the Minnesota Vikings that it's kind of hard to distribute the football for or or to Adam Thielen, and especially when, for some weird reason, at times, Kirk Cousins seemed to have favored the tight end. What's his name? The tight end from, from Detroit that they traded. I forgot what his name was. He was a tight end from Iowa. But he seemed to favor him over Adam Thielen, so Adam Thielen is probably going to be a Dallas Cowboy because that's... Or he could potentially be a, a Kansas City Chief. He could essentially take over the role that Juju Smith-Schuster uh, took over in the sense of he's just a reliable wide receiver in the locker room. So we'll kind of see what happens with 
Adam Thielen or Juju Smith-Schuster could also go to the Cowboys or whatever the case may be. It's just, it's, it's just so annoying to see the Cowboys just once again be so close to being a contender and Jerry Jones just will not be a little bit more proactive and a little bit more gr- aggressive at this point uh, of the not of the regular season, but in the offseason. Kind of an interesting development that's kind of happened over the last three days that's I don't, that I do not think is being talked about here, and it probably should be talked about here, are all of the players that are leaving the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think Philadelphia will take kind of a huge step back next year. They lost a lot of coaches. They're losing a lot of players on defense, which was one of their strongest assets on their football team. And their defense already had holes in it. But it's just, oh my goodness. I'll I'll show you something here. So the defensive players that could potentially be leaving the Philadelphia Eagles via trade and free agency are Darius Slay Jr., James Bradbury, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Marcus Epps, Javon Hargrave, Indomitian Sue, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Robert Quinn, Kazir White, and T.J. Edwards. Let me kind of break it down for you like this. Okay? Because there have been players on this list that have already left, and it looks like there are players that are potentially going to leave. Marcus Epps, the safety, is gone. I think he's signed with the Broncos. T.J. Edwards is gone as well. Indomitian Sue is probably going to leave. Potentially, we will see, but I mean, he's old and he's, he could potentially be looking for something. I don't know. Or he could just not be resigned by any. See, Javon Hargrave got $20 million from the San Francisco 49ers. He's gone. By the way, good job, San Francisco. Probably should look to sign Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa very, very soon. He's like your best player. Just saying. We'll see. But the. 49ers got Javon Hargrave. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the corner that they got that everybody was gushing and raving over, he's looking to potentially leave for a lot of money for a huge payday. James Bradbury, the cornerback, could potentially leave, and so could Darius Lay Jr. Like, that's their entire secondary right there, by the way. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Marcus Epps, James Bradbury, and Darius Lay Jr. could all leave here in the next couple of days. And that is very, very dissatisfying for the Eagles because they have nobody. They have nobody that can replace those three guys right now, especially Darius Slade Jr. James Bradbury, to me, was a liability. I have no idea why he wasn't more of a liability. I remember somebody essentially tweeted out that he was like one the best corner statistically in like yards per attempt, quarterback passer rating, and completion percentage. And I couldn't believe it because... I watched Dak play up against them. I watched Aaron. I watched all of these guys. All all the great quarterbacks preferred him over Darius Slay Jr. And Darius Slay Jr. was kind of a little bit overrated this year, in my opinion. But Darius was leagues better than James when I saw James play. And so to lose Darius and James and C.J. Gardner-Johnson, it's just like, oh, you're going to be drafting Joey Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State, who I think is ridiculously overrated, or Devin Witherspoon out of Syracuse, not Syracuse, excuse me. They wear the same uniform as Syracuse. It's Illinois. So we'll see. Also, they lost, in my opinion, 
probably one of their better defensive linemen, if not their best interior guy right now in Javon Hargrave to the San Francisco 49ers. Once again, he's getting paid like $20 million and he's worth that $20 million for damn sure. And so they lost him. And if they lose Brandon Graham, who was like their second best pass rusher, that's a big no-no. And they also lost their middle linebacker as well. Probably hoping to get N'Kobe Dean some more snaps here as well. That's no problem. I love N'Kobe Dean out of Georgia. We'll see what happens with the Philadelphia Eagles. All in all, it's a butchering. We will see over the next couple of days if Darius Slay gets moved. Apparently he did. Diana Russini tweeted something out. Here it is. The Philadelphia Eagles have allowed Darius Slay, Slay's agent, Drew Rosenhaus, to seek a trade. Per sources, the Eagles are still hopeful to find a solution where Slay remains an Eagle. They want him to take a pay cut, pretty much. Interestingly enough, Darius Slay Jr. didn't ask or demand for a trade. So they're probably done with him. And so they're, the Eagles are like, yeah, just see what the market entails. Nobody wants you, Darius. So we'll see what happens long term with the Eagles. Now, before we get into just looking at some of the broader the broader things that happened today, I am kind of worried about the, about the, what is it? About the Cincinnati Bengals here. Really, 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 really worried because they are a ridiculously cheap organization that is not that is apparently trying to is apparently trying to strip their athletes of workers compensation hold on what is this Let me just read this really, really quickly. Okay, I'm not a part of the NFLPA. I thought it was like they were potentially going to. I thought it was like I forgot what it was called. I like I'm I'm not in in a union, but apparently it's like the NFLPA late Saturday or something like that tweeted something out where they were like. Players, check your email if you're in Cincinnati or if you're in Ohio because Cincinnati is potentially going, is attempting to strip all athletes of workers' compensation benefits, which I think includes like healthcare and potentially and stuff like that. And I was going to go on this obnoxious tirade because I'm like, once again, Cincinnati is just being a cheap organization. And this is just a, a, a perfect example of it where Cincinnati, once again, is refusing to do the bare minimum for their athletes. And I kind of just, it seems like a bad tie-in. But I, I just, I'm worried about the whole Joe, Joe Burrow situation, right? Joe Burrow is available for a contract extension this year. He's available. We all know he should get it. He deserves it. But the constant and consistent barrier for him getting a contract extension is not his play. It's the owner because Joe is worth $50 million. He is worth $50 million annually. And to see Cincinnati just kind of drag their feet on this or potentially not even say anything about it. And some teams are a lot more 
vocal about trades and and um and money and things of that nature than others. So it could just be that that the that the oh, I'm I'm exhausted and I almost said Carolina for the upteenth time, but the Bengals they could just be negotiating in private and not necessarily in public. So I mean we'll kind of see what happens, but I mean, oh my goodness, man, just the whole workers' compensation thing and uh, I'm not sure. It's just it it weirded me out and it reminded me so much of just like how cheap the Arizona not the Arizona Cardinals again I'm tired it reminded me how cheap the Cincinnati Bengals are and just the links they're willing to go to spare like some fucking money which is just insane to me like very very small dollars things of that nature for like bad reputation again it's like it it doesn't it's it, it's not worth it in the end to to do business and be a bad business partner and things of that nature. But the Bengals, they don't care about being ba- like a bad business partner or whatever. They only just care about money, which is stupid. So stupid. Just to only revolve around, have your life revolve around money. Just, that's sad. I'm not sad. It's just pathetic. Anyways, let's scroll on Ian Rappaport's timeline and see what he, what's going on with free agency. Now, I haven't talked about Aaron Rodgers at all this offseason for the most part, just because I don't really care. I just want to ask the New York Jets a question. You say to me, hold on. You say to me that New York wants Aaron Rodgers, that New York is excited about Aaron Rodgers, that New York wants him, the Jets want him. Can't you see the irony? Aaron has been moody, has been contemplating retirement on and off for the better part of two or three years. Aaron Rodgers, his overall play has declined over the last couple of years, and you are fawning over him as if a schoolgirl fawns over one of the crushes or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't have a great analogy or metaphor for this, but it's just like, you're literally just repeating history once again. It's just like, you guys do understand that this is literally Brett Favre, except 10 years later. You're literally like, yep, we want Brett Favre again. It's just like, what? Aaron isn't even, Aaron is, Aaron didn't have a great season last year. He was a cancer in the locker room. He's been a cancer for years. He's the reason why, De- uh, why Devontae Adams left. He's the reason why they didn't go to the playoffs this year. And now your whole conclusion is, let's go out and let's get Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are reportedly done with Aaron. They were they are begging him to not come back. They already have it in their mind that he's not coming back. And they're moving forward with Jordan Love. And the Jets are just, I mean, I see Ahmad Garner doing like a seance, burning a like the cheesehead that he got from the Green Bay Packers game, in which I think the Jets beat the Green Bay Packers in Lambo. He's like burning it with with Brees Hall, like just 
like um like formulating like a ritual of some kind trying to get Aaron Rodgers to come to the New York Jets or something like that and it's just like did you watch him play last year look I love Garrett Wilson I love him a lot Garrett Wilson is like either on the same level as Christian Watson if not a little bit better or a little bit worse and the whole stigma on Aaron Rodgers is that he doesn't like young wide receivers which I was like, I, I couldn't believe until I saw him just refuse to throw Christian Watson the football last year. Aaron Rodgers is notorious for changing plays at the line of scrimmage. He's notorious for trying to find guys that he likes. And it's just, it's just obvious that Aaron was a bad quarterback last year. And I'm just, I'm just shocked shocked that people are so juiced up about um about just about Aaron Rodgers to the Jets it just makes no sense to me anyways interesting kind of development out of the Broncos the Broncos are willing to trade all of their wide receivers this this year Cortland Sutton who I still think is awesome Jerry Judy who has significant issues catching the football and KJ Hamler those are all options, again, for the Dallas Cowboys and for many other teams, but it's just all of them, especially Jerry Judy, it's like there's a big, like, fourth, fifth rounder for Jerry. We'll see what happens. But Jerry Judy is, like, another interesting wide receiver that's kind of hanging around and that could pinch it. But apparently the asking price prices for all those wide receivers is high. So I don't, I just, I don't know. But Cortland Sutton is an interesting player. Jerry Judy is an interesting player. KJ Hamler is a fast kind of burner downfield, so we'll kind of see what happens there. But the Broncos are out of their mind if they think that any one of those guys, especially Jerry Judy, is like going to command anything other than like a third or excuse me, a fourth rounder. Because Jerry Judy is ridiculously inconsistent with just being able to catch the football. So Anyways, as I am just looking at Ian Rappaport's timeline, just making sure I'm not missing anything. Oh, yeah, Baker Mayfield going to the Bucks. I said it before. I'll say it again. Todd Bowles is a terrible head coach. Ryan Bryan left Witch out of town. Tom Brady is now retired. It doesn't look like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to trade Mike Evans, thank God, in a, lot of, in a large degree for Tampa Bay. It sucks if you're a team that wanted Mike Evans. But... Tampa, it's just like, wait, we're going after Baker Mayfield? We're not going after Derek Carr or anyone else? Or I mean, granted, Tom, because he retired, still costs them money. I don't know how. He still costs them money. Some of the other players as well. So Tampa Bay is just, they're in a weird spot pragmatically when it comes to the cap, but they're apparently going after Baker Mayfield. And there was a short little stint where the Rams were like, we'll go, we'll try and trade Matt Stafford for Baker Mayfield. But then that report got essentially refuted very, very fast. So I don't know what that was about. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are just in this weird spot where they're just like, yep, we're happy with Baker. We're going to go after Baker. And it's like, did Kyle Trask not learn anything over the last two or three years with Tom? Is he just not ready to play? Am I? Was I just wrong? I liked Kyle Trask as like a, I think a second rounder. I was like, I think he can play, and he's just apparently he's not gonna play. So I don't know what's going on there with Tampa, but 
again, they're probably not going to be a very good team next year, especially considering how much they relied on Tom and how little they were able to get. And so Tampa Bay is going to, they're going to suck again. <laughs> they're going to suck again. You know, it's a slow day for free agency when Ian Rappaport is talking about fucking punters. Johnny Smith, the Patriots' former tight end who was originally a Tennessee Titan, he gets traded to the Falcons for what? I don't I don't know. Does he have it's oh, it's for a seventh rounder. Okay. That's like all the news he had for the day as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The Raiders getting Jimmy Garoppolo. Ugh, God. What a fucking snooze fest, honestly. That trade was, or not that trade, but that acquisition was. Do you have any comments on it? Yeah, the Raiders are going to suck. I mean, there is no comments. It's just, like, I, I think Jimmy is, in some ways, a better quarterback than Derek Carr. I think he's a worse quarterback, but, I mean, the Raiders did all of this to essentially either move laterally when it comes to their quarterback position. It's just like... Yeah, we're going to we're going to ostracize Derek Carr. We're going to make him out to be the bad guy and all this other stuff. And it's only to essentially either get slightly better or slightly worse at quarterback. It's like, guys, this isn't this isn't as great of a move as you think it is. Meh. Derek Carr move. Uh or excuse me, it was meh to get Derek not Derek Carr, excuse me. Meh, it was meh to get Jimmy Garoppolo. The Patriots they resign Ian Says he was a standout cornerback, Jonathan Jones. He was mediocre to below average. For It's why he's getting a two-year deal for the Patriots. The Patriots made a mistake by not re-signing their... I forgot his name because he just didn't play a lot, and I, I just have a lot of names that enter my brain, and then don't... It, what's, what's the Chargers cornerback? Let me look him up. J.C. Jackson. I didn't even need to look it up. I knew he had like two letters in his uh, in his name, but J.C. Jackson. The Patriots didn't even offer a contract, and it's just like, and he was one of the best cornerbacks in 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 the NFL. And what a surprise! Their secondary was absolute garbage this year, and the Patriots were just—I mean, they were they were not a very good football team. They had so much dysfunction. Mac Jones got hurt a lot. Bailey Zappi was like one of the guys that had played well at some spots and some stretches, and then he just didn't. And so it's just. Look, the Patriots, they need a wide receiver. Will they go after DeAndre Hopkins or Jerry Judy or whomever? I don't know. We'll see. Oh, yeah. Speaking of one of the guys that the Eagles could potentially lose, I think we talked about him a little bit. TJ Edwards, one of the Eagles linebackers, he's going to Chicago as well. Three years, $19 million, but I don't think he was that big of a deal for the Eagles. Um, apparently, the, Bear, the Bears are also expected to go after Isaac Suamalu, right? Let me see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy with the large hair. Suamalu is like an okay guard. I wouldn't say he's good or great. I think he's average. To be honest with you, he always kind of is and was a liability for the Eagles. I think it's going to be interesting to see what the Eagles do with their guard because in some spots he was their right guard position because in some spots Sumalu was like a decent guard, but 
We'll see what happens. I should also mention that the deal is not done yet. So there is time to see what happens there, but I mean, we'll see. Elias Campbell also gets released by by the Arizona, not the Arizona, the Baltimore Ravens. He's still got a little bit of juice left if you want my honest opinion about him, and I think he is a very interesting player to look at. But I think that's the whole Lamar Jackson thing. Calais Campbell has been very vocal about wanting Lamar Jackson, and it seems like Baltimore's futures are without Lamar Jackson. So a little bit of a little bit of a Inter- internal, excuse me, fight there where the GM is like, yeah, we're just going to get rid of one of our best defensive players. That's not very good. And really one of their leaders defensively. So we'll see. We won't see. Jason Kelsey returns to uh, the uh, Eagles at center for one more year. Potentially we'll see what happens. Uh... As I am scrolling through Ian's Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah, Javon Hargrave going to the 49ers. So I think I talked about that as well. The Broncos, interestingly enough, going after the former 49ers right tackle and Mike McGlinchkey is very, very interesting as well, solidifying their offensive line because their offensive line is kind of trash. I mean, he's going to be paid a lot of money, and he's a pretty he's a pretty great player, actually. So he's actually one of the better tackles in the NFL. So right tackles. Is he a top 10 guy at right tackle? I think it's like borderline, but I don't have like a whole roster of right tackles. But I think he's a pretty good to great player. But the fact, again, that the 49ers are like, yeah, we can lose him and we can shift some money around for certain players is also kind of telling, but we'll see what happens. But I think I think he's I think he's a good fit. I think it's a really, really good acquisition for the Denver Broncos especially because their offensive line has been kind of crappy for about five or six years. The Bills go after the former Cowboys guard in Connor McGovern. He gets three years, 23 million. Shout out to him. I I really, really like Connor McGovern as well. And so we'll see what happens with Connor. He was okay. He was okay as a Cowboy. Lions, they go after Cam Sutton. That's okay, I guess. That's fine. The interesting thing that happened today was that the the Kansas City Chiefs, they went after Juwan Taylor, the, I think, right tackle from Jacksonville, who is now making a transition to left tackle for the Chiefs. And like I've been saying for the last couple of months, I'm like, dude, I would not give Orlando Brown a contract extension in the Kansas City Chiefs. They are not. It's confirmed. They're not. They're done. They're tired of him as I've been tired of him, and they are now getting rid of Orlando Brown, and they're going to sign Jerron Taylor to probably the contract that Orlando Brown was going to get. Because Orlando Brown was tweeting, I saw the kid actor, Orlando Brown, who's like, I guess made a conversion to Christianity, and he would, I, I saw the rant that he was on today, and it looked like he was on drugs, and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. It, it, he looked bad. But, Juwan Taylor is now a Jacksonville Jaguar. Wrong. He was a Jacksonville Jaguar. He's now a Kansas City Chief. Orlando Brown is now out as a Kansas City Chief. So he's in free agency. We'll see what happens. We'll see. He could go to the Bears. 
That was like a bargain pick. I don't know. I don't think he's going back to the Chiefs. We'll see. We'll see. And I'm just like looking, 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 looking. The Bears, they also got the Titans guard, Nate Davis. I, I don't know who that is. I'm guessing that's the guard that they were trying to get over Isaac Suamalu, but we'll see. Also, the Bears, they got Tremaine Edmonds, who I think is an overrated linebacker as well. They got TJ Edwards from the Eagles and Tremaine Edwards from the, from the Bills, who, again, I think he was, I mean, he was probably one of their better players on defense, and I don't think, I think he's like average to good. I mean, he's a linebacker. So he gets four years, 72 million, 50 million guaranteed. So how much is that? That's almost 20 million per year, like 15 million, something like that. So for Tremaine Edwins, I don't know. I may just go in the draft and get a, a linebacker, honestly, at that point. Oh, yeah, Patrick Peterson. He's going to the Steelers. I think he was a, a Minnesota Viking. Yeah, he was. So Minnesota now potentially needs another cornerback. I didn't really watch Minnesota. I forgot who they drafted, uh, the former corner from Clemson, who I really, really liked. I forgot what his name was. Like, again, I have, like, potentially thousands of players' names rattling around in my brain. I apologize for not knowing every single one of them or not being able to recall every single one of them. I'm trying to remember him now. It's it's like, I forgot his name. I, I, I forgot his name. I, I'm not going to spend too much time on this. But the Steelers are going to, after Patrick Peterson, Minnesota is keeping, is kind of now down a corner. We'll see what happens. But Patrick Peterson was kind of a liability, in all honesty. Just kind of scrolling here. I think for the most part. Oh, yeah. This was interesting. The Eagles are moving Andre Dillard, their former first-round draft pick. They're moving on from him, and they're just letting him go in free agency. He's signing with the Titans. Andre Dillard was drafted in the first round by the Eagles in, like, 2018, 2019. And then their current right tackle, or excuse me, their, the Eagles' current left tackle. Who is he again? Again, this is like a perfect example of a ridiculous Jordan Mylotta of how many names are rattling and around in my brain. Jordan Mylotta, right? He's an Aussie footballer. He's a he's an Aussie rug player. Comes over, absolutely smashes it for the Eagles, and they're just like, "Oh my God, he's way better than Andre Dillard." And they move. They like do the correct thing. By the way, they are like, "Oh, we made a mistake with Andre Dillard. We're just moving on from Andre Dillard." And Jordan Mailata is now going to be our left tackle. And they don't have to pay him $20 million until, like, next year. And he's worth it. He's worth every penny that they're giving him. And I forgot when he got extended. But, I mean, in 2021, they paid him $2 million. In 2022, they paid him $4 million. Last This year, they're going to pay him $7 million. He has made, over his career, $13 or $14 million in the NFL over the last three years. And he's a top 10 left tackle in the NFL. That's insane, like the value that they've gotten for Jordan Mailata. But Andre Dillard was kind of 
the reason why he, I think, got a shot because I think he got hurt. They put in Jordan, and he was much better, and they were like, oh, we're, we're sticking with Jordan over Andre Dillard. And that's just fortunes. Uh, fortune for That's just fortunate for them. Marcus Epps goes to the Raiders. He's the former Eagle safety. Um, I love how Ian is like, the, the, the Giants made a big splash in free agency. Colts free agent linebacker Bobby Okariki. I think he was, he was the linebacker that came in when Darius Leonard, or excuse me, Shaq Leonard got hurt for pretty much the majority of the season. And so Bobby Okarika, I think, came in and played pretty, pretty decent for them. So I think it's kind of it. Yeah. Because wasn't he wearing the captaincy? No, he wasn't. Hmm. We'll see. I'm getting some late timeline stuff. And. Oh, that's interesting. Eric Kendricks, the former Vikings linebacker who actually is like a really, really good linebacker, is signing with the Chargers to kind of like help solidify the middle of the defense. The. Not the Vikings. He's going to the Chargers, excuse me. Interestingly enough about the Chargers linebackers, they drafted Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma, who I really, really liked. And he he has not been great for them, and he's been kind of... He's had some injuries here and there. But I think they wanted to either move on from him or they're going to give him one shot. Or they've been... They have not been keen on keeping him they were like, hey, if you offer us the right price, we we will get rid of him. And so it's kind of been interesting to see that kind of play out. But I guess Eric Kendricks is kind of the fallout. So, or potentially Eric Kendricks, or not even potentially Eric Kendricks going to the Chargers. Potentially, uh, Eric Kendricks is going to be a Los Angeles Charter. So that's kind of interesting. Do-do-do-do-do. Just scrolling, just seeing somebody. Marcus Davenport going to the Vikings. Marcus Davenport is the Saints defensive lineman. The the um the additional edge rusher. He was the guy playing opposite to Cam Jordan in New Orleans. He's he's actually a really, really awesome pass rusher. He gets like $13 million on a one-year contract, which is saying something. It's a lot of money. So that's pretty good for the Vikings. Especially because I don't know if Zadarius Smith wants to be a Viking. He announced that he's like done with the Vikings, but like he's out. Like he said, "Hey, thanks, thanks for the uh, for the deal." And then no, that's not it. Hmm. <laughs> Just kind of like looking around. I'm looking at. I'm looking at 
people talk about the Bears fleecing, I guess, the Roquan Smith trade where they got TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edwin, Edmonds, and Jack Sanborn for $25 million per year, and Roquan Smith. It, or would they rather essentially have like a second round pick, TJ Ed, uh, Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, Jack Sanborn, and a second round pick over Roquan Smith? I would like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what they do with the second round pick. But that's what I was like looking at. I was like, okay, this is interesting. The Bears are also apparently going to get Demarcus Walker. Let me look at how much money the Bears have spent. Let me see it. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, I think the Bears, at the start of free agency, had about, like, I think... 90 something million dollars in cap space. They just spent like 40 million today. I'm like a lot of linebackers and defensive players as well. And and also DJ Moore that, that explains it. He's like $20 million. Eddie Jackson is wow. 17 million. That's a joke. But yeah, the bears, they now have $50 million. Do you want to pocket that? Do you want to save that? Or do you want to, Oh, yeah, and also they got some offensive linemen. I don't know how much of the calculations have been done. It looks like some of them have, but we'll see what happens. Maybe they're done for this year. Maybe they're going to get maybe one more player, maybe a corner. I'm not sure. Maybe they'll just say, we'll get a corner in the draft. Mm, We'll see. If they get a corner in the draft, that's really, really great for them because that really helps and rounds out their defense, especially if it's one uh, one of the big boys. Like, And they probably will, to be honest with you. It just doesn't make any sense not to. At this point, because none of your corners on your team are very good. But interesting developments from Chicago, interesting developments from the rest of the NFL, and wow, 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 the NFL. I mean, not you know what? Today was a very, very slow day in regards to free agency, just because there wasn't really to me, there wasn't a huge needle mover. Like it wasn't a team got maybe the 49ers with Javon Hargrave getting him was a huge move because that really helps solidify their defensive line. But it comes at the cost of not being able to potentially sign Nick Bosa long-term. We'll kind of see what happens there. Trying to think of what else happened. Any huge moves? I think that's it. The Javon Hargrave move was, to me, one of the biggest moves of the of the weekend. Uh, not even of the weekend, but of day. And it's kind of an under-the-radar move, but mm, we'll see. Hopefully, there's some more moves. Jesus Christ, tomorrow. Hopefully, there's some better, interesting moves as well. I don't know. We'll see. I'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll see what happens, ladies and gentlemen. Only Force Podcast.